Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is the show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. Hope you're all doing well. I'd like to start off this episode with a couple of quotes. The first is from Herbert Hildebrand, who says, quote, in a world of propaganda, the truth is always a conspiracy, unquote. And one from an Aikido master who says, quote, in order to seek the truth, you need the spine of a warrior, unquote. Oh, man, what a time to be alive, isn't it? We're seeing truth rumbling through the tribe and making an absolute mockery of the mainstream media narrative at every turn. It seems as soon as the globalist puts something out, there's like a thousand and one badasses from the truther movement calling bullshit and setting the record straight. It's a beautiful thing. Last week, we had a number of banks fold and needed to be bailed out by taxpayers, and those will not be the last. Mark my words. What was the Fed's solution? Print more money, of course, which further deteriorates the dollar. Bitcoin, the people's solution, has officially started its next three-year bull run. Did you get some for yourself and your family? I hope so. Being in conversation with people who value truth has taught me a lot over the years. Once you get a taste of truth, there's really no substitute. It's just like that with personal freedom. There isn't a second best, as they say. What values are you holding and expressing on your hero's journey? And they don't have to be the same as mine. That's the beautiful part of this. You do you, and that works for the whole tribe. I find that standing in principles like truth or freedom simplifies things. You aren't second-guessing yourself at every turn. You know what you're here for. It's a good way to live, as my guest today exemplifies this as well. And there's people that say, oh, you're a truther, huh? But you were wrong about X or Y. It doesn't really work that way. Being aligned with truth doesn't mean you're right about everything. That's an egoic, immature way of seeing it. You were wrong about this. No, being aligned with truth has more transcendent qualities than that. It means your speaking resonates with the heart and whatever God or spirit or the divine is asking you to express to the tribe. Are you following me? I honor all of you, no matter where you're at in your awakening. Keep humble, stay open, be in the flow, and trust that God or the divine is guiding you along your path. We got this. My guest today is Joel Rafiti. Joel is a truth seeker, a father and husband, a hip-hop artist, and a coach who guides truth seekers to inner and outer freedom through his programs. He is also the host of the excellent podcast, Here for the Truth. Here is my interview with Joel Rafiti. All right, I am here with Joel Rafiti, writer, podcaster, truther Joel Rafiti. Joel, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It is great to have you on the show. Tony, it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I, I came across your work uh, on Instagram. Uh, you post out little memes and sayings from Twitter there. And I found myself clicking and uh, clicking and saving uh, quite a few of them to the point where I was like, I just got to reach out and get this guy on the show. So thanks for being game. Uh, you're a really good writer and I imagine you're awakening lots of people. Uh, my first question is just, when did you first, uh, you know, what was kind of the first we've, you and I have both been truth seekers for a long time. And what was the first kind of impetus for that? What was the first subject or person or author that you came across that really had you starting to look down the rabbit holes of what was true, what was cutting through the illusion and then and i'll compare a little bit with what you say but uh, uh yeah what was what was the first time that you kind of dove down a rabbit hole what was the subject matter or what was the person 
Um, uh, Tony, the unique circumstances which I was brought into gave me a lot to question from the get-go. I was born, my father's Palestinian, born in Jerusalem, and I was born in Sydney, Australia, and somehow um, under the premise of being a Jehovah's Witness as well. Mm. So it was a very unique amalgamation of circumstances that really gave me a lot to question, you know? So, you know questioning what was happening in Palestine, Israel, questioning all the different programming and, and indoctrination that was um, being propagated at me through through the witnesses, through the Jehovah's Witness programs. Um, and I found myself quite rebellious um, from, from, from the get-go. And that's something that's really, really stuck with me. In terms of waking up to, like, I guess, the nature of consciousness and also the nature of the systems that we live within, the first profound shift in consciousness that I experienced took place in 2015. Mm. Um, my first real serious relationship ended. My music career wasn't taking off in the direction that I really had hoped for or, or wanted to. I'm a, I'm a conscious hip-hop artist traditionally as well. Mm. I guess I experienced some kind of deep dark night of the soul. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I asked questions. I called out um, for help. Um, and then it's interesting, the the very next day, my friend recommended a book to me and that book was the power of now by Eckhart Tolle. Many people have read that book. Mm -hmm. Um, it's in hindsight, it's a funny story. It's not a book I'd recommend these days, but it definitely made me think about things differently. It created a huge shift in the way that I perceived reality. Um, and it really, I guess, allowed me to shed away certain ideas about myself and about reality that I held. Mm-hmm. And I went through a period of like just deep bliss that I'd never experienced before. Um, colors seemed brighter, smells more, more, more vibrant. I felt so content in my own vessel. The most mundane things you could imagine, such as emptying the dishwasher or taking the garbage out. I just found so much joy in doing mm-hmm. everything like that. And it was just a, it was, it was it was a strange and beautiful time, and uh, from that that really opened the doors for me to question the true intentions of government as well. Yeah. And the opening things really it was fluoride. Why are they fluoridating our water? This is a no neurotoxin. Why is this in our water supply? And I'd self educate myself and go down those rabbit holes, and that led me to question the whole vaccine agenda. Yeah. Um, it was around that time I watched the Zeitgeist as well and started looking deeper into, you know, 9-11 and things of that nature. Yeah. And pretty much it's just been like, a you know, a, an, an ongoing process of questioning what is not truth primarily, because I think yeah. that's, the e- that's the easier question to answer than what is truth. Absolutely. Well, and you, you, you start off pretty naive. Yeah. Uh, you don't know all of the lies you know you believe fluoride's good for your teeth that's why they're sticking it in the water like that's where you start from and then you got to work from there and i think the sheer volume of disinformation and lies once you start peeling the layers back is pretty shocking uh, you know i i'm not easily shocked anymore because i've got a, a, a an eye for what's going on but yeah when i was when i was first uncovering it i'm like it can't be this it can't be this corrupt. It can't be, you know, these yeah. people can't be like this. That doesn't make sense. Well, now I know a lot about what, you know, how sociopaths and psychopaths work and how they're different than the rest of you. You know, there's a lot of things that I've come across, but, you know, you mentioned something that really jumped out at me because I've, I've done a bunch of episodes on the spiritual war and I've kind of landed, you know, I used to say deep state. I, I, I could still use that language. That's fine. I think it triggers people a little more than I would like to, but 
Um, I've kind of landed on this kind of war between the globalists and their totalitarian agenda. And we, the people, humanity, um, some say it's the Great Reset against the Great Awakening. You, mm-hmm. you you said something that I thought was brilliant. You you said, quote, we are in the apocalypse, but probably not the one you think. The true meaning of apop- apocalypse is to pull the lid off something, to uncover it. It means that we're in an age of revealing, one that has been prophesied, but not one that will play out in any obvious way, unquote. I really like this. It really resonates with me because you hear a lot of you know, uh, the white hats are going to win and, 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 you know, it's just going to be this Gasara, you know, financial abundance. I'm like, probably not. Uh, that seems kind of delusional. You hear a lot of this kind of ascension to 5d from the new age community, which also feels a little bit like, uh, you know, like, a, a, a rapture kind of, you know, God's going to strike everything and in a lightning bolt, they're going to separate everything. That doesn't really feel right to me either. I think what you're saying feels right in that we're in the middle of an apocalypse, a middle of a spiritual war, but the ending, I don't think we can really conceive of what's going on. I think that I have to keep reminding myself that um, I don't know what how it's going to unfold. Even me imagining my side winning, I think I'm probably going to be way off, right? Um, yeah. But anyways, I, I took that. I took a lot of reassurance in that. Some would say, well, you know, why, why are you not declaring victory for humanity? I'm simply saying I think it's a lot bigger process. It's a lot messier, and it's probably not going to look the way we think it's going to look, right? Absolutely, man. I mean, uh, you know, the the evolution of consciousness is an ongoing process, and no one no one is awake. There is no finality where it's I'm awake now, right? That to yep. me, that's a complete um, misconstrued phrase. We're all in the process of awakening, and there's a process of awakening that's taking place within and without. Um, we're, we're we're in a time and an era where collectively and as individuals we're being forced to confront all the shadows which we which we have been made to be ignorant of and mm. also which we consent the the illusions which we consented to um so we're seeing all this upheaval um you know outside of us in the in the in the in the reality which we witness and that exists but at the same time that's happening um uh, simultaneously within us we're all being called to awaken to deeper truths to own up to illusions, to lies, to inauthentic actions, to betrayals of our own spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a huge shift of consciousness taking place. And, you know, I said one that's been prophesized. Well, from an astrological perspective, Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008, right? Capricorn represents the traditional systems, mm-hmm. structures, um, uh, you know, dependence, discipline, um, things of that nature, and Pluto's transformation and rebirth. And, yeah. you know, the, Pluto was in Capricorn until just this year, it's just moving into Aquarius now. And we've mm-hmm. seen all this upheaval take place. And none of that is coincidental by any means whatsoever. Um, but it's up to each individual to take this time and move with these tides and catch these waves and allow themselves to really be broken open to, to what is true and let truth be the guiding signpost for all the actions that we make in our life. Absolutely. You know, I love that you brought in the planets and stuff. It reminds me of the Indian uh, yugas, the ages where, you know, I think it's a 24,000 year cycle, just to put it in perspective for the listeners. And according to the yuga clock, we're we're at the beginning. We just came out of the Kali Yuga, which is the dark ages and, and the age of deception, basically. And we've just entered the Dwapada Yuga, which is 
increasing light, more light, getting closer to the to the star Sirius, which, you know, all of the old structures built on the old age are going to crumble because the consciousness and the vibration is not in alignment anymore. It's got to it's got to crumble to create something new. And then that makes way for the Satya Yuga, which, you know, is another golden age, basically. So we're we're almost like to your point, transitioning from from one where we were really in the dark, literally to yes. one one where we're becoming aware of the light. In some ways, we're sometimes cursing it because there's a part of us in Capricorn, maybe that's like it's moving too fast. Like I can't keep up with how fast this is crumbling. I mean, the banks are starting to crumble. You know, that's going to freak people out. But that's that's an old system. What yeah, is man. the new? What is the new system? We don't know. We have Bitcoin. We have some ideas, but we're not really quite sure. So it, you know, all you can do is kind of ride it like a surfer and just say, look, it's, it's intense. I like what you said about, Hey, nobody's fully awake. We're all awakening. I think that's so compassionate because there's this tendency to think, Oh, my awake crowd that's hip to the truth. And then all the sheeple, all the normies, it's like this really dismissive thing where it's just the shadow projection of our frustration that not my, you know, my whole old tribe is not coming along at the same pace. It's ridiculous to to think that. And I think it's kind of, uh, it's kind of ridiculous to be name calling where anybody's at on their hero's journey. Does that make sense? Absolutely, man. It's yeah. just a very, it's a very black and white way of perceiving reality. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there's, there's, there's no finality to this process, you know, mm -hmm. and if you're saying, oh, I'm awake, then what, what, what is not awake? And what are, what are you exactly awake to? Right? What yeah. is what you're awake to certain corruptions on the planet? What you're awake to, you know, um, big pharma, you're awake to mainstream media, you're awake to Hollywood. Okay, sure. But are you awake to the nature of yourself, to your own consciousness, to your own shadow, to your own projections? Mm -hmm. Like, how do, you, how, do you, how do you define that? So, no, we're all definitely in an awakening process that is being supported and is being accelerated at this point in time. Like, it's like the Grim Reaper is just going around, just, you know, knocking down all these systems at the moment it started with the allopathic medical system virology mm -hmm. hollywood now we're at the you know the banking Finance. side of things and the financial yep. side of things now it's it's a it's a very 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 interesting time and we're all being called to cultivate deeper levels of authenticity than ever before and for the individuals that answer that call i think that's going to be you know it's, well it has been a very fine journey so far and something that's of far more significance and magnitude than anything that I could have ever contemplated prior to 2020. Because yeah. I think about this often. Um, I've been outspoken against vaccines since 2015. Yep. And back then, like this was the most taboo subject on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. You could not even say without being immediately labeled as the most intense tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist on planet Earth. And I never thought that, you know, um, the fallacies of vaccines and being able to question vaccines to the degree that's now acceptable um, in, a, in, a, in a mainstream forum would be here. But yeah. it is here. And yeah. that shows to me how intense and how fast moving this process actually is and has been. And, you know, the detoxification generally is a painful process. And so there's some yeah. pain involved. Um, but you know, pain, pain is not a bad thing, man. And we've all been conditioned to be adverse to feeling any sort of pain and discomfort, but to those who are able to lean in and recognize that there's incredible power and life force on the other side of moving through those processes, they're the ones that are going to be most well positioned at the end of the day. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I it's an incredible time to be alive um as you were speaking about like I it it has been wilder than I ever would have thought. I didn't I didn't know, you know, I was in consciousness and in that it, things weren't moving that fast 15, 20 years ago, you know? And so, but now it's just like, whoa, this is, I can't believe we're seeing what we're seeing. Um, you know, it's funny. I got banned from Twitter for doing an episode questioning the safety of the vaccines. And I had done episodes about extraterrestrials, Q. I mean, I've done a lot of wild tin yeah. hat wearing episodes, but it wasn't until I questioned Big Pharma that Twitter got into action and just said, you're out of here, dude. We can't have any of this on our channel. And I'm like, wow, that that speaks volumes that the thing they were most protective of was the vaccine and the vaccine rollout. You know, um, you had said, I, I love this. You, you had said, quote, just a friendly reminder that you have absolutely no reason to believe the government or or media what they say about anything ever regards. And then you said, my favorite part of the post 2020 era is that the time of blind faith and trust in people who carry titles and have letters after their name is finished. Discernment, intuition, and critical thinking is now compulsory, unquote. And then there was another one I included in there from another writer. I don't remember who it was. He said, quote, there's a growing portion of the population that will never, ever again believe a goddamn thing they hear from the mainstream media, government, and health officials. We just need that number to reach a tipping point, unquote. Are we getting there, Joel? Are we, is, is, is he right? Is it is we're we're getting to where more and more people understand the game, the the sham, the lies. Uh, are you know are people figuring this out? I'm seeing a lot of people that are, but they're the people that I would normally have conversations with right now. So I can't tell. Is there more people coming over? I want to think there is, but I don't know. You know what? What's your take on that? Are we are we in a process of a uh, of an unconventional war that we're that we're in the middle of. What what is your take on this kind of great reset of these kind of totalitarian globalists and their and their you know central bank digital currencies and their control top down control and this awakening of we the people was like wait a minute we never gave these people authority what what we could create something different right man there's no doubt in my mind that there is uh you know some kind of quote unquote great awakening taking place. And the yeah. thing about, you know, awakening to, you know, certain realities is that it's very difficult to go back to sleep. And yeah. what people, what people witnessed from these mainstream, you know, control systems from 2020, it's very, very hard to go back and turn a blind eye to it and become ignorant to again. Like what we experienced was intense beyond belief. Like mm -hmm. especially in Australia, dude. Like it was Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was crazy, man. So, and you know, like I, I, I was somewhat of a leader in the Sydney Freedom Community. I attended a lot of the protests. I spoke at a lot of the rallies. And dude, I'm talking about like hundreds of thousands of people rocking up in the middle of Sydney, you know, to walk the streets and you know make it make a stand for freedom. And uh, it was huge. It was wonderful and it was beautiful. And like I don't think those people are going back to sleep. No. And way. Uh, you know, I think all these officiaries. Um, and I think all the credibility and authority that we hand over and the credentials that we hand over, you know, the trust in that system is definitely disseminating mm -hmm. and people are recognizing more quickly than ever that they need to take full radical self-responsibility for their own lives. Um, we're in a, we're in the information age. Everyone can educate themselves on any topic that they'd like with the correct discernment and they can, you know, be their own expert 
their own guru, their own shaman. And we need to get back to a place where individuals truly uphold their own mind's judgment of truth as the highest arbiter. And mm. I think we're, we're, we are getting to that place. Um, you know, and the thing about psychopathy and the thing about narcissism is when the victim begins to wake up to what's actually going on, the narcissist exerts more control and mm-hmm. becomes more obvious in his moves and in his actions. And that's also what we're seeing from, you know, these systems. Like, yeah. it's been very fucking obvious. It's been very sloppy, if yep. you ask me. It hasn't been very well done or very well orchestrated. It's like a, it's like a shitty soap opera that we're watching. Totally. Um, yeah. So, you know, to me, it's kind of like the the snake giving the final thrashes of its neck um, before it gives up. And that's why it's been so intense. Yeah, it's, you know, I was appalled. I live in Seattle, which is a very blue, you know, woke area of the United States. Mm. But But when COVID hit, I was appalled at the level of obedience and compliance. I was like you were Americans. Like, you know, I was like getting all like pissy about it. Like, where's your, they have no authority. The governor has no authority to tell you to stick a mask on wherever you go. Like, and people here were just, you know, well, to your point earlier, they were where they were at in their awakening. They thought, Hey, we're all in this together. Let me stick this thing on my face. Let me get vaccinated. Cause I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I was taken aback at the level of compliance and it also scared the shit out of me because i'm like fuck if we don't push back on this shit they're gonna roll something else out another pandemic and they're you know they're gonna create all kinds of weird shit for us um you know you 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 i saw i saved a a a meme from you you said quote i'm an extremist extremely pro-freedom extremely anti-government extremely pro-individualist extremely anti-bullshit unquote and then you had another one that said i love this one you say quote i don't care if you worship jesus jehovah krishna or muhammad i don't care if you believe you're a starseed a light worker or an intergalactic traveler just don't tell me what to do unquote i love this joel i mean it kind of captures if you're going to be somebody that stands if one of your core principles is freedom individual sovereignty freedom uh if you're going to push back on narratives that are top down you got to have some balls. You have to have some fight. You can't just be like, you know, yeah, you know, I, I believe in freedom, but I'm not going to stand in anything. I'm going to hope I'm going to virtue signal. I'm going to go along with whatever they, you can't really have it both ways. Like you have to be, you got to be, you got to stand out and speak your truth. You got to help awaken people because our freedom uh, here in this nation and any other nation where there's people that love freedom is on the line. So the time of quietly gathering your resources to me seems kind of in the rearview mirror. If you're not going to start speaking up, um, align with freedom, then what are you going to align with? What are your principles? Let us hear what you have to say if you're not going to be for personal freedom. Because for me, it is a core, core principle, like, un, uh, you know, not negotiable. I will go down on that hill if I have to. I don't I don't know. I, I, I your, your, your meme and your writing kind of reminded me that you and I kind of feel the same way. Uh, and I was shocked as an American that I felt like there's probably a ton of people that feel that I do, but they're not necessarily in this area that I live in, which is notoriously Marxist and notoriously woke. So yeah. they're, they're not going along with it, but, um, I'm here. So I have to carry that truth and speak out when I can and say, no, I, I, I'm not for that. I'm not for everybody wear masks ever. That's not part of my principles. So, yeah. 
Yeah, man, totally hear you, dude. The thing is, there's a there's a great interview which I like to direct people to, and that's the testimony of Yuri Bezmenov, um, interviewed by the great G. Edward Griffin. Mm. Um, Yuri Yuri was a ex KGB defector who worked for the Soviet government in you know a lot of the propaganda and brainwashing sectors, and he he told G that you know there was a slow infiltration of the American education system to completely invert the values of American society and bring about a degradation and demoralization of all that America stands for. So we saw mm -hmm. 2020 come along and intergenerational conditioning from within the education system had already taken place where people actually unconsciously hated American values. They hated the concept of freedom. They hated the concept of individual rights. And so it was, it was a perfect scenario for, you know, the architects of control to come in and achieve, and achieve compliance. Yeah. And they did from the masses. And that's a very scary thing to witness as well. But I think for those individuals who are a different part of their awakening process, it was a necessary aspect of it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, I think as, as time goes on, people have regrets and they have remorse over decisions that they made. Um, I've, I've seen that take place. Um, I've seen many people who pushed me away and who even got, mm. you know, double, triple jabbed themselves, expressed regret and remorse for their actions. And mm -hmm. they recognize, you know, that they were, they were under some kind of illusion and some kind of spell. So, yeah, man, I agree. Like freedom is the ultimate principle to me. You know, if you want to even try to define a quality of God, I think freedom has to be the starting position because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we all have that. And it's very easy to honor freedom for those who we agree with, those who we like, those who we relate to. But can you honor freedom for the people who you hate, for the people who disgust you? for the people who you're in, you're in complete disagreement with. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where the issue arises and where people have difficulties with. Um, but I think we really have to begin to cultivate the tenets of freedom. As long as you're not infringing on, you know, my own personal right to life, then mm -hmm. kind of, you know, I, I, I honor that for you as well. So, yeah. you know, everyone, everyone, everyone is on their own boat and everyone has to make their own choices, how they, how their sides are sail out of the bay and which direction they take their ship. As long as, you know, kind of you don't infringe on my path, you don't throw any cannons at me, you do what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I lost a bunch of friends over, over, well, you know, I was posting different stuff out. I think the vaccine thing put me on the wrong side of a lot of the people that I've been friends with for a long time. Yeah. And uh, but I and I wasn't telling them not to get it. I was simply doing a podcast saying i'm not going to get it and these yeah. are the reasons why and here's a here's a doctor who knows an awful lot about it and she's questioning whether or not it's safe that's i didn't feel like we had informed consent and i couldn't believe all the people that that came down on me i mean it's okay now in retrospect i see it all worked out fine but it was a little shocking that um my choice to not do that wasn't okay with a lot of my former friends or people that i used to be friends with right um, I don't know if that was your experience. Did you did you lose any inner circle people? Because I lost quite a few on in that divide there. Oh yeah, man, dude, yeah. it was it was, it was an intense strip. It was it was an intense stripping away of you know many friendships which probably weren't built on authenticity to the degree that I thought they were. I was uninvited from you know literally best friends' weddings, friends who like yep. I stood beside them um, as 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 a groomsman on their days. You know they decided to uninvite me from their weddings, like really um relationships I, I thought were very strong ended during that period um i'm sure i was um 
you know, I, I attended the Sydney Freedom Rallies. I didn't go along. I didn't comply with any of mm. the regulations that were placed in. And I had four separate public health orders issued against me by the Australian government. Mm-hmm. And like when you when you when you decide to fight um, a fine in Australia, you you get a brief of evidence from the police. And one of the one of the brief of evidences that I received um, for my attendance of the, one of the main rallies in Australia was that there was I think it was thirty two individual calls to Crime Stoppers reporting my attendance. Mm. Now. You know, a lot of those people, I dare say, would have been friends and and close friends. You know, um, particularly the ones watching my social media, posted the would have posted photos there, whatnot. So, yeah, man, it was it was it, it was shocking. Brutal. But you know, through that process and through speaking my truth um, so openly, you know, an animal in the wild calls out for two reasons: one is to fend off predators, and number two is so his tribe can find them, can find him. Yep. And so, you know, I cultivated and built stronger and more authentic relationships based on the shared values, which were non-existent um, yep. before. The friendships and the network that I've built now feels more like family than any relationships that I've had previously to this point. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I hear you. Did you, did Joel, did you leave Australia? Was it unsafe or, you know, was it getting to where you're like, look, they're going to throw me in jail or my family's not safe. I think I got to leave. Or was it just, was it some other things? And it was like, nah, it's just time to travel. I mean, did you yeah. I was watching Australia and going, oh, my God, what? You know, and also recognizing, oh, they're testing they're testing it on you guys and because they want to do it. If they do it here, they got to do it the right way because we're big and we got guns. They've got to figure out, you know, how they're going to roll this kind of shit on us. But they're going to test it on smaller nations with similar kind of demographics to see what doesn't work so they can fine tune their, their plans. But did you, was it, did you leave? Cause you're like, okay, it's no longer safe or that wasn't the full reason. Um, It plays, it plays a part. Definitely, definitely not the full reason. Mm-hmm. Um, There's no doubt. I agree with you. I think Australia, New Zealand and Canada um, are the testing grounds for yep. whatever the next rollout is. Those three countries definitely got hit the hardest from what I can see. Absolutely. In Australia, it was very, very, very intense. Like, I don't know how to um, really describe it. We had some of the longest curfews um, anywhere on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we weren't, there were times where we weren't allowed outside of our home unless we were exercising only. And we only got like one hour a day, like wow. the, the amount that, you know, they put the boot down, um, and really tried to push the boundary was, was crazy. I had multiple police visits. Um, like I mentioned, I got four separate fines, all of them, which I fought in court, self-representing myself and beat, um, mm. and, and beat them all actually. During that time, there was I definitely did not want to be in Australia. Um, yeah. There were times where many Australians thought that they would never travel again. Right, that was the mm-hmm. that was the strength of the propaganda that was being propagated. Yeah. So I used that time to recognize, you know, what I needed to do in my life, and what I needed to do was build um, self reliance. So you know, I was no longer dependent on a system which is not going to hesitate to put, put a noose around my neck. Mm-hmm. So I used that period to, you know, start a podcast. I built it. I built an audience. I f- figured out ways to monetize it. I figured out how to build an online community and create an online living mm-hmm. so I can have more freedom of choice because I think everything that's taking place on our planet 
is ultimately, you know, it's it, it's a lesson. To me, this is earth school. Mm-hmm. And the lesson is, you know, can you rediscover your individual power? Can you really discover your creative capacity as a human being to, to rise into your potential, to know yourself on the deepest levels and to move this world, move through this world and navigate, navigate reality according to your own values? And I think, you know, that's kind of the call, which we're all being asked to answer at this point in time. And I'm saying I'm here for it, man. So absolutely. I love know, it. When 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 the when the noose um uh, loosened around the neck in Australia, things went back to normal. Like the last year, year and a half has been relatively normal in Australia. Mm-hmm. But you know, now that I have, you know, somewhat of self-reliance, um, I've got some location freedom. I think moving to Mexico and traveling the world would have been a decision that I would have made regardless of what was taking place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's definitely a motivating factor in terms of, you know, what was taking place in Australia as well. Just in my local community, like all the police pretty much knew me, knew, um, you know, I was on some kind of non-compliance list, I'm sure. Yeah. And that was difficult. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I love everything you're saying. You know, the, the this question coming up, it's kind of next level because we've been talking about authoritarianism, globalists versus we the people and all these things. But I grabbed it because it resonated with me and it's something that I wrestle with and I can forget from time to time. Um, you said, quote, whether it's floating invisible particles or 5G or Satan or quote unquote dark occult forces, unquote, I reject any and every notion of the invisible boogeyman. My embodiment of truth is the guiding and protective force in my life, unquote. Yeah. I love I love this because it, to me, consciousness, uh, the expression of consciousness is always in layers um, and we do, I, I do a lot of, conver- I have a lot of conversations with what's going on in the unconventional spiritual war that we're facing. Everything we've been talking about is fair game. As I talk about, uh, the awakening of humanity, what that means, you've been talking about self-reliance, self-responsibility, um, embracing yeah. freedom. All that is, is good in, in this earth school, it's all game, but people tend to still want to, and I can see it in my own mind can tend to stop at the at the dichotomy or the or the 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 binary them over there the the, the globalist sociopaths and us which is still a division and i remember uh uh having conversations with a mystic that stuck with me over time and he simply said there there is only one of us here tony don't ever forget that there's only one of us here in other words the anything that you any other enemy is a projection and i think that could be hard to get around for some people where they're like what do you mean uh there's a part of the globalist agenda that is a projected shadow from humanity but i think you touched on it there when you said you know we're learning how to not look over there to say what should we do next oh we have a problem uh globalist what's the answer it's like that's not the way that's not graduate school in earth school that's like primary school and we're at a different place in the awakening um but also i find it enormously useful because it can get to be it can get to feel a little bit uh them 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 they're they've got chemtrails they're poisoning our water they 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 and it puts us in victim mode like i don't have a say so in what goes in the water i don't have a say so that's not true. So I, I just wanted you to speak a little bit about that because it's 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 kind of a meta narrative in that it it ties everything together. It doesn't separate 
over there, the globalists, but we use that. So people, some people don't know there is globalists and a globalist agenda. So that, that layer is going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they're trying to reduce the population. You know, that's, that's shocking to me. Well, they got to swallow that red pill and keep going until they get to there's unity and there's really an earth school and we're all in it and we're all playing yeah. different. We're all playing different parts. Anyways, that's a lot I know, but I thought I wanted to, t- <laughs> I wanted to touch on that because it really resonated with me. And I, and I, and I also recognize someone who's like, Oh, you're, you're kind of in that other narrative about, you know, it, it's a school and they don't, whoever the quote unquote, they are, it's probably not who you think they are. So. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very psychological psychologically immature way of perceiving reality um mm-hmm. it was the standard for a very very long time for human beings it's the old ethic which is basically pro- pro- proliferated by the dogmatic black and white thinking of of the religious brain mm-hmm. um so basically you know the majority of human beings they require a scapegoat to project their own evil and their own unconscious onto and that scapegoat is always in the form of some kind of external phenomena um, you know, whether it's globalists, whether it's Satan, whether it's 5G, mm-hmm. whether it's chemtrails, whether, 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 whatever it might be, it's us externalizing and projecting, you know, our own inner dragons and inner demons, which we refuse, refuse to face. Mm-hmm. And I think we're being called to, you know, to, to be more holistic than that, to recognize that we all contain darkness. We all contain, you know, evil to some degree. We all have inauthentic mm-hmm. parts. We all have et cetera, et cetera. And it's about illuminating, awakening, and befriending those parts of ourselves so they're conscious, and so you know they don't um, they don't leach out unconsciously and toxically. We recognize that that's a that's a part of the psyche, you know, which simply needs to be integrated. Um, so people need an enemy. That's how they. That's you know that's it's part of identity. Yeah. For 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 many people and many organizations. They only know who they are by reckon by having the enemy. So unconsciously, actually, they want to keep the enemy close. They don't want to destroy the enemy yeah. because if they destroy the enemy, they're destroying part of themselves. They're destroying part of their own identity, their own their own ego fabrication of who I am and what I am in in the world. So it's interesting, you know. People are magnetized to having to have that polarity and that yeah. that good and evil dynamic be perpetuated. Well, um, yeah, go there's ahead. no I'm doubt sorry. there's evil that exists, yeah. but we need to really analyze our relationship with it. Well, and you know what you were saying there too. Like, I really, I can see that I identify, probably over-identify with this kind of. I'm a fighter. I'm an underdog. You know, humanity is an underdog. We love an underdog story. It doesn't matter if it's Rocky Balboa or Lord of the Rings. Like we, like that part of humanity, we adore. We love the like the the unassuming hero facing that you know david facing goliath like that part is a really attractive mythology for our tribe but the the joke in some ways it needs to play out but the joke's a little bit on us in that we vastly over we have so many more of us than the globalists they it's almost like the wizard of oz like we're charging the curtain with the old man behind it with george soros like it's like it's not yeah. a fair fight, but we're really not the underdog. That's the that's going to be the flip. Is that people are going to realize shit? We we were not. We just played the underdog because we really like that kind of storyline. It suits us. It activates us. Uh, it gets us in the fight for truth. But we're probably not quite. You know, it's probably not the way people think it is. To your point earlier, the apocalypse is probably going to unfold in a quite a different way. So. 
Um, yeah, man. I mean, the, 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 the hero's journey is an underlying archetype that exists within the collective psyche. And I think heroism is really is what we're being called to embody on such a deep level. Um, and, but the thing is, it's that it's very easily, it's, it's very easy to just vicariously project heroism or to, you know, watch a movie like Braveheart or something like that and a lot of the rings and feel like, yeah, I've got yeah. that hit of heroism, but what yeah. does it mean to be a hero in your own life? What does it mean to actually overcome challenges and slay dragons on a personal level? And all those challenges and all those dragons and all those mountains are unique to you. It looks different for every single person. But, you know, all the karmic circumstances on your life are yours for a reason, because in your overcoming and in your transformation and in your transmutation of those obstacles, there is your unique gifts and your unique wisdom, which you were born to bring into the planet and to bring into the world and to walk that authentic path, which is uniquely your own. Um, and I think that's the, that's the degree that we need to start looking at things through. Um there's yes there's a collective shift going on too but what's happening on an individual level on your own life um how are you evolving as an individual how are you shifting how are you growing how are you becoming more whole how are you developing a greater sense of self mm. you're sp speaking my language brother i love it um you've got here here for the truth podcast where else can our listeners where can they find the pod uh, you've got a great newsletter and I think you, you have a, do you have rise above the herd? Is that a program you have? Anyways, just tell us about where people can find you and your work, what you got going on coming up that you'd like our listeners to know about. Sure, man. Yeah. Here, here for the truth is my podcast, which I co-host with my friend Erasmus. We started that in May, 2021, and now we're 113 episodes deep and we've spoken to, you know, some of our, some of our mentors, you know, G. Edward Griffin, David Icke, Michael Tessarian, in individuals that really impacted us. And it's just been an awesome process. People can listen to the podcast on any podcast provider by searching Here for the Truth, or they can go to hereforthetruth.com and watch all the episodes. And yeah, man, we have our group coaching program called Rise Above the Herd, which we started last year. We're about to open our fifth run now. Applications are open for it. And basically, we wanted to, you know, provide people a pathway specifically truth seekers, to step into potential and to rise above the herd, you know, become who you were born to be. Because ultimately, we've got to come back to the self. And we've got to come back to the internal world. And we've got to recognize that you're a unique individual that's never existed before. And to me, that's the ultimate mystery and the ultimate conspiracy, which most people turn a blind eye to. The fact that you're a living, animated being experiencing this reality right now. What does that mean? What's your potential? And if you value your potential, how do you walk, act, and move through the world? And you know, when you when you really come back to that sense of groundedness and that sense of individuality, then you know, life becomes fun. Life becomes exciting, and it doesn't really matter so much anymore what's happening in the world around us, how corrupt things get. Because when you're truly content in who you are and you feel competent enough to walk that path, regardless of what's going on, life just feels different. So mm -hmm. that's what Rise Above the Herd is. It's a way for individuals to reclaim their power. Um, applications are currently open for round five. So if anyone's interested, they can go to riseaboveherd.co and submit an application. I think there's four spots left currently. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, we've also developed a really awesome community of truth seekers, and that's called Friends of the Truth. And this is basically like-minded individuals in our community, sharing knowledge. And we offer three calls a month in that community. We even bring in some of our podcast guests 
to come and provide value and knowledge to um to our to our members and just an awesome group of people who you know come together voluntarily and support one another and yeah man it's just been such a blessing like dude everything that's happened post 2020 and the life that i live now is something which i never could have imagined as possible like this this truly feels like a greater dream than any dream that i could have imagined yes it's been hard Yes, it's been difficult, but I value so much the transformation that has taken place. You know, like we've all been forced to really step deeper into who we are and cultivate a deeper sense of truth and authenticity. And, you know, despite the pain that's come along with it, like I am eternally grateful. Yeah, beautiful, Joel. Joel, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men and sharing your insight and wisdom. So great to have this conversation. Thanks for saying yes. I was really excited about today's conversation and with good reason. I just resonate with so much of what you said. Uh, we have shared values, you and I, and I just love the work you're doing. So keep up the great work. And again, thanks for sharing us uh, your time and your insights today. I really appreciate it. Oh, Tony, man, thanks for the invite. Such a pleasure to connect, bro. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Joel Rafiti. You can find his excellent show, Here for the Truth, wherever you listen to your pods. I hope you heard something today that will assist you on your hero's journey. Thank you, Base Campers, and we'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.